it doesn't matter how many dollars you have. It matters how much those dollars can buy. Purchasing power is an extremely important economic concept, and it's also fundamental to understanding wealth creation and maintenance. The enemy of purchasing power is inflation, as it gradually erodes the number of goods and services a fixed number of dollars can buy. That said, inflation can actually be used to increase purchasing power, and the way to do that is with leverage. Laura's going to ask me a few questions today about purchasing power and how to use it to your advantage. Laura, what do you have for me? Thanks, Matt. Tell us more details about how inflation destroys purchasing power. Inflation is essentially when the supply of dollars grows at a faster rate than the number of things that can be purchased with those dollars. This makes each individual dollar less valuable when compared to goods, services, or assets. I'll give you an example. The house my brother and I grew up in is probably about twice the price now as what my parents paid for it in the 1990s. But it's essentially the same house that it was back then. Maybe the new owners have done some renovations or something like that, but in general, the house is unchanged. It's the same number of bedrooms, bathrooms, and square footage. The lot size is unchanged, the neighborhood is unchanged, and the school district is unchanged. The only real change has been the price. Why is that? Well, there could be a variety of reasons, but the primary reason is simply that over the last 25 years, there's been more dollars created than houses. So dollars have fallen relative to houses in value. This is the essence of inflation and the essence of purchasing power reduction. The same number of dollars in 2020 buys a smaller percentage of the same house 25 years later. Holders of dollars have therefore seen their relative purchasing power decline. That makes sense. We've established that inflation can destroy purchasing power if left unaddressed. But earlier you alluded to inflation actually being able to expand purchasing power. How is that possible? Well, suppose you have an asset that you pay $1 million for in cash. And over the next 10 years, the asset inflates in price to 1.2 million. That's an inflation rate of 20% over 10 years, or on average, 2% per year. On paper, it looks like you've actually made money, but in practice, you've probably just broken even. It's likely that other prices in the economy have inflated as well, some may be more and some may be less, but on average, the general price level has probably increased by about 20%, just like your asset. In this case, your investment did not increase your purchasing power. It only protected your purchasing power. But now let's suppose that instead of paying all cash for your asset, you decide to use leverage. In this example, you take your initial $1 million and use it as a 25% down payment to buy a $4 million asset, which means your equity position is $1 million and your fixed debt position is $3 million. Now let's apply the same rate of inflation, which is 20% over 10 years. At the end of the 10 year period, your asset is now priced at $4.8 million, an increase of $800,000. 
So you may be thinking, what's the difference? It's the same purchasing power parity as before, only with larger numbers. But that's not correct. In our example, our debt position was fixed at $3 million. Because the debt was fixed, when the asset increased in price, the entire increase went towards the equity position. In other words, your equity position is now $1.8 million, which is an 80% increase over a 10-year period, which is, of course, over and above the general rate of inflation of 20%. So by using leverage and fixed rate debt, an investor can actually expand their purchasing power during inflation instead of just keeping up with it. Wow, that's amazing. So essentially, in an inflationary environment, holding dollars decreases purchasing power. Buying assets with no leverage protects purchasing power. And buying assets with leverage increases purchasing power. That's absolutely right. But it must be said that this entire paradigm inverts during deflation. So if you think deflation is coming, you absolutely do not want to use leverage to buy assets. That's good to keep in mind. If we assume for the moment that we will be in a somewhat inflationary environment in the coming decades, what asset classes are particularly well-suited for leverage so that investors can expand their purchasing power? Stability and illiquidity are the two factors that make an asset class a good candidate for leverage. And there are a few reasons why this is the case. While leverage is powerful, it also increases risk. If for whatever reason your asset hits a rough patch, you still need to be able to service your debt or you may be forced to liquidate. This is why having assets that create stable streams of income are important. Assets that produce relatively predictable income streams are less likely to have their loans called in by their creditor. Likewise, it's best to use leverage on assets that are illiquid. Usually, illiquidity is seen as a negative, but in this case, it's actually beneficial. Suppose you take an equity position in a multifamily syndication, along with 10 or so other passive investors. The investment is illiquid, meaning that positions cannot be sold by any investors until the business plan is deemed complete by the general partner. In this situation, if the market turns down and the syndication becomes technically underwater, as long as the property's cash flow continues to service the debt, the syndication can ride out the downturn and wait for asset prices to rebound. This only works because the passive investors cannot sell their position before the general partner completes the business plan. If the investment was liquid, the market downturn might induce a few investors to exit the deal early, forcing a short sell on the part of all the investors. The illiquidity of the investment vehicle prevents panic selling and by extension reduces the likelihood of taking a loss on the equity and securing the purchasing power expansion provided by using leverage to supplement inflation. So compare this to buying stocks on margin. The hyper-liquidity of the stock market makes it prone to volatility, both to the upside and to the downside. 
When volatility amplifies to the downside, an investor who uses margin may need to find a way to recapitalize himself quickly or risk having his lender sell his position at a loss. This is obviously not ideal and makes buying stocks on margin very risky. For that reason, the stock market is not an ideal place to employ leverage and thereby outrun inflation. Unless you're a very experienced trader with enough capital to cover your margin calls if and when they happen. For most investors, however, real estate is a much better choice for those seeking to use leverage to outrun inflation and expand their purchasing power. In this case, illiquidity is actually a good thing. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Multifamily Economics. If you did, please give us a review on iTunes, which will increase our visibility and help us grow. If you would like to discuss multifamily investing with me personally, please go to the contact us page on our website, darbyrosecapital.com. Thank you.